Hello, this is the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. Tune in as I update you week by week along my pregnancy journey. Episodes will also feature chats with new and expecting moms. So let's get into it. This is 13 Weeks. This week, my nerves have calmed. I've become super eager. A lot of my discomfort has been alleviated, and I got my NT exam. Welcome to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. Thanks for listening. I am 13 weeks pregnant and I'm feeling pretty great. Um, Before we talk too much about what's going on with me in my third month, my 13th week, let's see what is happening with the baby um, according to what to expect. So week 13. As your first trimester comes to a close, your fetus, who seems to be working its way through the produce section, because everyone's always comparing it to fruit, has reached the size of a lemon, about three inches long. Your baby's head is now about half the size of his or her crown to rump length, but that cute little body is picking up steam and will continue growing over time. At birth, your baby will be one quarter head, three quarters body. Meanwhile, your baby's intestines, which have been growing inside the umbilical cord, are starting to trek into their permanent position in your baby's abdomen. Also developing this week, your baby's vocal cords. The better to cry with soon. Very exciting, speaking specifically um, in terms of speech pathology. Okay, so this week I got my NT scan. It's a common screening test that occurs during the first trimester of pregnancy. This test measures the size of the clear tissue called the nuchal translucency at the back of your baby's neck. It's not unusual for the fetus to have fluid or clear space at the back of their neck. Uh, This is done in two parts. There is a blood test that checks for the level of um, two substances that are associated with, um, I believe, Down syndrome. Um, And then also the ultrasound looks at the whole body. There's measurements taken of the nasal bone as well as the fluid in the back of the baby's neck. A high volume of fluid can be a sign of problems. So I got this test done um, my first day of the trimester. I was 13 weeks and... um, I already revealed to you that the baby is a boy and I had a feeling the baby would be a boy and the NIPT test from a couple weeks back confirmed that the baby was a boy. But then this um, NT scan showed us that the baby was a boy and it was quite clear. Um, The baby just had his legs straight up in the air showing off his PP. It was very interesting to see and I was quite surprised because... um, it is easier to tell with a 
child that is a male. But um, I was told that the earliest that you could see anything would be 14 weeks. And I was 13 weeks on the nose. So I was even feeling like I was technically 12 weeks at that rate. Um, but yes, very obviously a boy. I called his dad to congratulate him that he had already such a mature pee-pee. And yeah, that was interesting. But um, yeah, so far, um, I have had a wonderful pregnancy. Um, I have not been sick. I have been a bit moody, a bit hungry. I have not really had much to complain about. Um, I've had some fatigue. I've definitely had frequent urination. I've not had any nausea. I don't notice any excess saliva. I did have constipation in the beginning. I've had some heartburn, definitely some food aversions and cravings. I've had an increased appetite, some breast changes. My boobs have gotten bigger, um, and they also are more sensitive. I don't have more visible veins. Um, I do get occasional headaches, and what I've found is that with pre-pregnancy, if I had a headache and I went to sleep, I woke up and then didn't have a headache anymore. But with pregnancy, I have a headache, I go to sleep, and I wake up, and I, I still have that headache. So that's new. Um, no lightheadedness or dizziness. Um, definitely more rounding of my belly, for sure. So something that was terribly stressful for me this week was that I had some insurance issues. So the current pro the provider that I had been seeing uh, called me the day before my NT scan and said that they are no longer accepting my insurance and that I was being charged like over a thousand dollars. So I quickly decided to cancel that ap appointment. But then um, I was already going to be in my 13 week and the NT scan is supposed to happen between the 12th and the 14th. So I felt quite rushed to find a new provider and to schedule that exam. Um, I ended up deciding to have the baby on Staten Island, the same hospital where I was born. It's the hospital where my cousin works in maternity and my sister works in pediatrics and NICU. So it was almost like fate. Almost everyone wanted me to have the baby there and now I am. So my family and perhaps the universe got their way. Um, so all of that was really taken care of and I did panic. So I guess what I want to stress to all of you is to just really try to stay calm and not panic. I had no idea what was so unexpected for me throughout this pregnancy is how worried I was going to feel all the time. Um, and how it's really difficult for me to just accept that what's happening to me right now is natural. Um, there's just so much negative news out there and I'm always concerned with what could go wrong. And um, yeah, everything's going well. Every blood test came back great. I solved the insurance problem. So stressing yourself out is just not wise. And a way that I have dealt with my stress a little bit is reading but really listening to the audiobook of this book called Expecting Better by Emily Ulster and it's about why the conventional pregnancy wisdom is wrong and what you really need to know. Um, the chapters are 
um, conception, the vices such as caffeine, alcohol, and tobacco, um, miscarriage fears, beware of deli meats, nausea, uh, prenatal screening and testing, the perils of gardening, eating for two, pink or blue, so the mist between boys and girls, uh, working out and resting up, drug safety, and I am currently on part four, the third trimester, uh, premature birth. After that, we have high-risk high pregnancy, am I going to be pregnant forever, labor induction, labor numbers, epidural or not epidural, beyond relief, the aftermath, and birth is part five. So I am um, about halfway through this book, and I have found it very helpful and interesting and it seems to be, so the book was written by an economics professor, and she basically takes all of the recommendations and pregnancy advice, and she looks for the research behind this, these recommendations, and then she um, critiques the research and then tells you um, where those recommendations actually came from. So I have found it extremely interesting. And uh, if you read this book, you should reach out and let me know what you think. But yeah, it definitely eased my concerns. And um, it also showed me some things that were dangerous that I need to think about. So um, I'm now less concerned about coffee and um, more concerned about gardening. So I'm going to avoid all my plants outside for the rest of my pregnancy. So overall, I really enjoyed this book, Expecting Better, and I highly recommend it to anyone who is currently pregnant or who is trying to get pregnant. And now I'm going to sit down and chat with Miss Carla Garcia. She is a speech-language pathologist, a bilingual speech-language pathologist working in the Maryland, D.C. area. And she's expecting twins in March of 2021. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unexpected Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Carla Garcia. She's a wife, mom, and bilingual SLP expecting twins in March of 2021. Hi, Carla. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. I'm so happy to have you. Now, for everyone who doesn't know, SLP is speech-language pathologist. I don't want to go assuming that um, only speech therapists are listening to this, um, and Carla is bilingual, and she's practicing in the Maryland, D.C. area. How's that going? Um, right now, pretty well. Um, I work for uh, public schools in Maryland, and I work as PRN at Howard University Hospital. Oh, nice. And, um, and I just started my private practice on the side, ah. um, which boomed unexpectedly because we're in dire need of bilingual SLPs right in the area <laughs> so that's great advice there if you are a bilingual SLP start trying that private practice route um, yes. are you doing the majority of the speech therapy virtually I mean not the PRN obviously that's yes yes um, the schools where I'm at um, it's 100% virtual 
Oh yeah, mine too. Mine's not. Um, there are several people who are on a bit of a hybrid model, but I am a hundred percent virtual, and I, I can't lie, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's from the comfort of your own home, and mm-hmm. you know, is it hard with kids at home? Oh my goodness. Um, yes, and um, with my son, he's a very loud four-year-old and he will come into the IEP meetings asking to go to the bathroom. Right. So that's fun. <laughs> While my husband is out. Um, I also have a dog. He barks in the background and I have mm-hmm. two cats and one of them decides to just walk across the screen okay. during a therapy session. So those are always fun. Yeah, everyone just needs attention. That's all. Yep. So um, Carla is a bilingual Spanish SLP. Um, So what is your advice to new and expecting bilingual parents? Yes. So for me, I always tell my parents that bilingualism does not harm. It actually does good for the child because I feel like that's a big myth Um, that a lot of parents come to me asking me, oh, is my child not talking because they receive both languages? And the answer is no. Um, There is sufficient evidence out there as well to show that bilingualism actually supports um, cognitive development. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always encourage, like, please do not stop bilingualism. verbally not you know through um tv music Mm -hmm. um i always encourage that all right now i have a specific question i see somebody who is um so this child is a bit delayed in terms of language and gross motor but like if you think about where they are gross motor wise they are pretty much on par in terms Mm -hmm. of language, Um, but they're exposed to English, Hebrew, French, and Japanese, and mom asked me if she should eliminate some, and I thought, hmm, like maybe, I didn't know. I was thinking probably. (laughs) So it's, yeah, when it comes to more, so when it comes to a multilingual child, Mm because my son was born um, learning four languages, then we kind of now only have two Mm -hmm. but with that being said um he would there are different types of ways to expose children to a bilingual or to a multilingual home one of the most popular ways uh, i forgot what it was called but it's basically where it's like one parent or one environment one language Mm -hmm. so if you're um so like let's say your child he's exposed to you said English, Hebrew, so, and what, what, and what were the French other? and English. French and English. So if the parent is speaking, one parent speaking three languages in one environment, um, yes, that might confuse the kid because the kid's not focused like, oh, wait, that, wait, but one person speaking three different languages, right. what's, what's going on? So we would still encourage that as long as there's like a model that's structured. Okay. And the kid can learn to compartmentalize the languages the right, way yeah. that he's exposed to. So if it, you know, mom speaks one language, dad speaks another language, or they speak one language at home, he's exposed to a language at school, then sat, yeah. then then Hebrew school, maybe he might be exposed to um mm-hmm. to Hebrew. Um, but then when they go out, they're exposed to French. 
that's fine as long as he has a consistent, um, I guess, uh, like consistent partner in that communication. Right. Um, it's going to take him time to separate the languages, but it won't cause a language disorder, I guess you can say. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And it, and it's mm -hmm. similar to what I said. So I was like, yes, the nanny can speak that language if that's mm -hmm. what they're choosing and they're sticking to it. And then, um, yes, yeah, similar to what you just said is basically how the family's treating. Mm -hmm. So you are expecting twins in March of 2021. Um, yes. How's that feel? Scary, but very blessed at the same time. Yes, yes absolutely. Very unexpected. Do twins run in your family? No. So that's what um, my doctor asked me first was, um, do, like, if they run in my family. And I said, well, my grandma from my dad's side, so my dad's mom, Mm -hmm. She had twins in Honduras, which is a country in Central America, and but they were stillborn. Oh my so um, I thought I got it from my dad's side, but they said that you can only get that twin gene from the maternal side. Really? And so my mom, yes, said there's a gene, not the identical twin gene, but the fraternal twins that's a genetic factor that's passed on oh because your body releases two eggs mm -hmm. so it's like you're carrying two different pregnancies mm -hmm. at the same time right. um so that's the genetic one the identical is just literally out of that's just like split. other nature yep it's just like whoop i'm deciding to split here so yeah um but my mom called us salvador <laughs> God, she was like on the phone for a long time calling like Oh, the, is there so and so has any twins? And um, no, there's just there's no history of twins whatsoever. Not even on my husband's side, there's no twins. Just like to put it out there, there there's just no twins. So yeah. this was very, very, very unexpected. So it could happen to anyone. Um, were you trying to conceive? Um, this time around, no. My son, we did. Um, after the third month we, we conceived, um, my other, um, pregnancy, we named the baby Ray. Um, we lost that pregnancy last year in, after six weeks of mm -hmm. being pregnant that we tried as well. After three months, we were successful. And then this time around our anniversary lands in June and we were going to try in January and my husband's like well it takes you like three months to get pregnant anyway so let's just have some fun I was like okay <laughs> and then next thing you know and I was oh my goodness like my diet was not there like yeah. I just didn't think mm -hmm. I just did not think and then um next thing you know I tested very early I think four days before the time of the month would come. Right. It was very early and I got that faint line. Um, mm -hmm. And my friend, Stacy, who's also, who's, who's also a speech a therapist, she, she was like, yep, you're going to have twins because, you know, your HCG levels are so high, blah, blah, blah. And 
I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. And then they asked how many sacks I saw, and I was like, "Isn't that the cyst?" Like, nope, those are two sacks. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So yeah. <laughs> yeah, my aunt um, is my sonogram tech, and she the first thing she nice. said was like, "Oh, let's make sure there's only one in there." And I was like, "I did not even think of that. <laughs> that was not even an idea in my right. head." But yes, I only have one in there. Um, how far right. along are you now? Right. I am officially 20 weeks. 20 weeks. 20 so weeks. You get your 20 week scan mm -hmm. this week or you already got it? Do you do that 20 weeks anatomy scan? Yes, I got it. Yes, yes. I got it uh, yesterday. Um, mm. Everything checked out good. I mean, everything is you know, thank God. Um, well, I'm still freaking out because of what happened last year. So I'm gonna continue to be a little bit worried until they're in my arms. But for now, they are very healthy. They're kicking, turning around, um, kicking each other's butt, apparently. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> baby B is kicking baby A's butt. Um, yeah, everything, yeah, everything checks out wonderfully. I'm just so, so blessed. Are you finding out the sex of the babies? Um, so we found out, uh, I want to say, oh my goodness, like one of the, so interestingly, baby B was like, not ashamed to show mm -hmm. who they were. So we were able to find out about him at 13 weeks. Right. It was a boy. Yes. Clearly tell us a boy. He's like, yeah, hey, y'all. But yeah. baby Same thing a. happened to me with my 13-week scan. I'm having a boy, too. And he just had his legs in the air. Oh. And just, like, I couldn't believe <laughs> just, like, <laughs> putting it all out there. Just, like, it was very obvious that, it, that the baby would be a boy. <laughs> yeah. They're just, like. Yeah. Yeah. They're just very, you know, like, chill. And they're like, oh, you want to know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um baby A would just not cooperate. Like mm -hmm. legs were crisscrossed. The positioning was horrible. We decided to take a test to let us know, but they, but my, um, something with the insurance happened that they sent my lab work to where either if it's a boy, it will show one Y, mm -hmm. but if there's two girls, it will show you, you have a girl. Right. But because baby B is a boy. Yeah. It came out like at least one of them is a boy. And I'm like, okay, right. but what about the other one? Like, oh, that one we don't know because blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. They take your blood. And then if there's Y chromosomes in your blood, they know that you must be having a boy inside you. But when there's twins, it's not going to show you like one's a boy and one's a girl because who knows if those X chromosomes are your chromosomes. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So like, we're like, oh, we'll pay extra to have it sent at this other lab. And they said, okay. But then I guess health insurance just kind of took it over and mm -hmm. they just submitted it to like the original one, just like how you were talking about. Right. So we ended up not finding it until at 16 weeks. Oh. And um, baby is a girl. Oh, good to know. So now you have one of each in there. That's good. How did yes. you um, yeah. announce to your family and to friends? Um, so we just announced, we announced, uh, I want to say two weeks 
two weeks ago, very recently, um, I have a friend of mine who works at one of the schools where, where I'm at. She's a photographer. She lives like a couple doors down. Mm-hmm. So um, we announced it by using pumpkins and I was holding two little tiny pumpkins on my belly just to see who would find out if it's like, wait a second. Right. Is that twins or does she just <laughs> hold pumpkins in her? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how we we did it. So we did that on Facebook first and then I um and then I did it um in my Instagram account. Very nice. And um did you surprise your husband at all or was he just like uh, like finding this all out with you? No, so I had him wait. I'm such an evil person. <laughs> I had him wait because of so COVID. Did, um, be, because of COVID nineteen, he wasn't allowed to come in. So when they told me about the two sacks, they sent me or they print out that long strip of mm-hmm. the scans, right? But next to each of the babies would say um, A or B. So I rolled it up in a way where the last scan would be the two sacks. Mm-hmm. So I showed him the individual ones first. So I got home. Mm-hmm. So he had to wait till I got home. And it was like 30 minutes, but for him it was probably like an hour. Right, um, yeah. And I was showing him the scans and he was like, wait, so no twins then, right? And um, I don't know if I should talk about it here. It's kind of like a very spooky story of how we this one person like guessed that we were going to have twins last year. Oh. Um, so it yeah, just kind of was us. in our head. Yeah. Yeah. Should I tell it now? Or yeah. Okay? Yeah. Let's hear it. What is it? Okay. <laughs> so, um, so last year we were able to bury um, baby Ray the cemetery has a miscarriage section which is nice we're praying and everything and he stood up like he participated so after this after the ceremony I went up to him to thank him I was like you know thank you so much this means a lot to me my family Um, you know I'm sorry for your your loss and he's like no 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 I'm sorry for your loss because you lost your baby so young and this and that and then he said you know what my I, I don't know this guy at all he's like you know uh-huh. what for some reason God <laughs> I was like hmm but there's no and he's like I don't know why but something is telling me that you're gonna have twins Wow. I'm like, okay, don't know this guy. I went right. back to the car. I was like, does anyone know who that is? And they're like, no, who was? I was like, I have no idea. And that was last year in September. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when June came along, when I ended up getting pregnant and I found out like in July, my husband's like, I wonder if that guy is right and you're pregnant with twins. I'm like, there's no way. Like, they're just <laughs> like, it doesn't run in our families and according to statistics hispanics are on the low with like 
we have the lowest chance of having twins out uh-huh. of all the ethnic. Really? Um, yeah. And I, and I was like, there's just no way. And lo and behold, I was pregnant with twins. <laughs> That's crazy. And we, and we didn't see him at all for was, over a year. Wow. Maybe he was a ghost. Oh, you found him? Okay. I was like, I mean, not like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You were right. I don't know who you are, but you were so right. He's like, what? I'm like, do you remember me? And we talked about it. And he was shocked himself. Ah. um, I just felt it. I didn't think it was going to be real. Um, So I don't know. Why was I telling the story? Oh, because we were talking about how you told your husband and then he, so that's why he was like anticipating twins. Yeah, that's amazing. So then he got to that final scan and saw the two sacks. Amazing. And he was like, (gasps) and then he just started crying. And I'm just Uh. like, I started crying. And then like my son had no idea what was happening because he was playing with his (laughs) tooth. Right. Yeah, so. That's how we, so that's how I told him. Well, that's a great story. Um, what have your symptoms been in, during this pregnancy? Have like, was it mostly only the first trimester? Has everything died down now that you're 20 weeks? Yes. Every, yes. Um, thank God, because all I could eat was insure and broth. Oh. Um, which was fun. The first trimester. I couldn't, the nausea was, it was unreal. I, I, I really thought that I was, they they had to tell me like put like a drink in sure um they had to give me medication for the nausea mm-hmm. it just it would not go away and I oh. really thought that I was gonna like I don't know I didn't think that the pregnancy because I didn't have anything to like I couldn't eat anything so I'm like how are these babies gonna grow with just right broth and sure <laughs> yeah but I think they just take from you whatever they need yeah, they took, and I just was so sick, and so, t- I slept for four hours, and then I would sleep for another, I mean, it was just, I was really exhausted, and mm-hmm. thank goodness, one second trimester came, I had a metallic taste in my mouth, too, all the time. I've that been getting that morning. lately, too, what is that? Yeah, so they, so when I asked my doctor, apparently that's a rare Oh, great. Symptom, mm-hmm. but it's normal, but it's rare. Um, and it, it would die down. Um, but if it doesn't, it could be your prenatal pills. You might have to change your prenatal pills. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, yeah, it wasn't that I stopped taking my prena- prenatal pills for a couple of days just to see. Mm-hmm. Nope. That didn't work. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. And now it just faded away. It only stays when I have like a sip of Coke, you know, I just want to have like, just like one tiny sip of caffeine uh-huh. stay there for a long time. So now I don't even drink Coke. Really? I have been drinking some caffeine. I have right here. I have a half calf cup of mm-hmm. coffee and I put a lot of milk in it. So it's half caffeine, half regular. And that's what I've been drinking. I've had like one cup a day and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. Fine. I know like so many people are afraid of caffeine, but I've read a bunch about it and it's not, there was like the most, the most, um, recommended study that, uh, like that, that pregnancy recommendation recommendation comes from where pregnant women should avoid, uh, caffeine. It was a study done on moms who like drank coffee and they had miscarriages, but then they, they also were doing cocaine. So yeah. 
it's like maybe it was the cocaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, still, I still have my, where's my little mermaid cup? I'm a huge, I don't know, I have to put it downstairs. I'm mm-hmm. a huge mermaid fan. So I drink a decaf or sometimes I drink my like, or like for Coke, I drink the regular Coke, but just like eight ounces. And it's not, right, a, yeah. it's not going to harm. Like my son, I had some and he's fine. Good. So, um, what have you been worried about? What, ha- what weird things have you Googled? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I thought that my twins were going to like somehow be conjoined. Cause I don't know how uh, twins were. Right. Like, yeah. Or they just become one or like the vanishing twin syndrome that people are talking about. Right. But with my type of twin pregnancy there, it's, they say it's the safest because they have their own amniotic sac. Ah, okay. And their own placenta. Okay, nice. So they're okay. in like a little hotel room, each of their own. Like one's on the first floor, one's on the second floor. Got it. Because um, <laughs> I had no idea that there were right. four different types of twins. Oh, I didn't either. I was like, what? So I have like the one that's completely separated from two different eggs fraternal they call it die die twins uh-huh um which is dicryonic and di diamniotic oh and so um and then there's um from identical when the egg splits in half mm-hmm. depending on when it splits in half like between days two and four it's this twin between days five and seven it's this twin they either share the same sac, the same placenta, or which is called Momo, which I mm-hmm. thought, it like came up to me like the Momo me. Um, <laughs> like die, die, Momo. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Die, die. Like, <laughs> like, I, was, I know. That's not <laughs> a good name. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. Um, then there's like the, the Mo die where they have um, one placenta, but they're in different amniotic sacs. Okay. And then there's die-die twins, where the identical twins are completely separated, but they act, but but they have their own placenta and their own amniotic. It's a lot of <laughs> right. Interesting. I, I have to buy a book. <laughs> like a Bible. It's because I didn't know anything. I was like, if this is this is a lot of information, I need to take a class. Right. So the next question I have for you is what's something unexpected that you didn't anticipate would happen to you and your body or your life? And maybe it's that you have to go to school again about twins. Yeah. What else? It's (laughs) a lot. And I, I mean, I know you're growing two babies at the same time, so you're going to get bigger, but I didn't know the capacity to how big you're your uterus could stretch at such a short amount of time. Like I, uh-huh. I, when I was 16 weeks, they said that I am the size of a 19 week old pregnant. Oh. I was like, what? Like I knew I was going to be bigger, but I didn't know. And like now my pregnancy clothes are not fitting. They're starting to not fit me. Like the ones that are stretchy for pregnant women are starting to not fit me. Oh, so I might just have to like, I don't know. Go, go to Costco and buy extra, extra large t-shirts. Yeah. It's so it's just, it just, they're, it's just so, they're so, your belly gets so big. And I just didn't, I just wasn't aware of how 
big it could get. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I'm you look great so far. So I'm <laughs> I'm I know tons of women who would be jealous because they're just sitting with no what feels like not a real bump. It just yeah. feels like weight gain. Oh, and there's one more thing that I didn't know too. So yeah. um disclaimer, I'm a person who stutters. So I use my strategies a lot. However, with my pregnancy, I've been pretty, I've been put, I've been pretty fluent this podcast, but yeah, I, my stuttering has increased so much more. Oh. And I don't know if it's because of the hormonal changes because stuttering first happens in the brain and everything. So right. we have enough data for that, but I wonder if my pregnancy hormones are like colliding with my stuttering I don't I don't I don't even ah. know but it's just, I've just been stuttering so much that now my kids are like oh Mrs. Garcia you're stuttering again when I'm <laughs> doing awareness I'm like I know guys I know I do you know have your I'm, PhD no I'm I want to get my SLPD down the uh-huh. line um and I want it to be about bilingualism and stuttering but now like now maybe it should be pregnancy and stuttering though <laughs> That could be, and it would be like not the hardest research to conduct because you would, well, I mean, it's a small population in terms of finding individuals who stutter, but, um, cause t- statistically it's only 1% of the population that stutters. Yeah. So then you yeah. would find people who stutter and then, and then like hopefully have a stuttering severity score of them prenatal <laughs> and then yeah, like exactly. during pregnancy and after that'd be a very interesting research study that you should start you start taking data on yourself yeah because then it shows you the importance of the diaphragm and because now my diaphragm is all squeezed right yeah I can't can't use that breathing technique as much and and then also I feel like I cough a lot more like I just don't have control over Mm -hmm. my speech mechanism as much it's just right interesting (laughs) That's very, that's, that's, I had no clue. So that's super unexpected. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I am so enlightened in across so many different uh, elements in terms of pregnancy. And I really hope to have you on the show again. Yes, I hope so too. (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely.